that I want to preach uh, this afternoon. Uh, turn with me to Psalms 124, if you would. Psalms 124. I want to preach from this psalm today. This is another one of those parable psalms. Uh, simply what a parable is, is it's when they sing about something that is that is far in the future and would happen far in the future. And so this is uh, one of those parable psalms. In Psalms 124, let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. <clears throat> David says in this psalm, this is one of David's psalms, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they, the, then they had swallowed us up quick with their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Now listen to these 7th and 8th verses. These are the main ones here that I'm going to be preaching on. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for the time we have together here. Thankful for this opportunity to be back in your pulpit, Lord, and representing you to this church, Lord. And I pray that you'll help me as I go through this message this afternoon, Lord, and, and realize, you know, that uh, that you haven't given us over, but sometimes we give ourselves over to the teeth of of our enemies. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to help us each and every day, to live as we should, walk as we should, say as we should, and, and live righteously as we should. Lord, we pray that you'll help us each and every day to do that. Pray you'll go with us. Again, we pray for those that are sick, Lord. We uh, we pray for Allie, who has who has uh, a sickness, and, Lord, others that are sick, we we pray for them. Pray for Sister Tara. She, she was telling me uh, um, Friday that uh, she's got to have uh, something done a few days in a row. And Lord, I pray that you'll help go with her and they get something done about her back and the problem she's having. And all others, Lord, that are sick, we uh, be praying for Brother Gary in just a little while. And Lord, as we form the circle and. Lord, uh, many, many other things. Lord, we pray for Brother Samaru as he is on his going to be on his journey as as he goes back to uh, Trinidad. Now, Lord, bless us and everything. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Today, I will speak to you on the broken snare. The broken snare. That's the reason I said that the. Last two verses of this psalm are the ones that I want to focus on this afternoon, the broken snare. Again, this is a psalm parable of the time when Israel escaped out of the snare of the Egyptians and Pharaoh's taskmasters. Now, um, 
There was a great event that took place before Pharaoh would let them go. If you'll remember, I'm not going to go back and and preach on all of them, but there were ten uh, things that were brought against Pharaoh and the Egyptians uh, because Pharaoh would not, would not let the people go. You know, Moses met with him and and told him to, to let to let the people go so they can go and worship their Lord. And uh, God hardened his heart, and he wouldn't let them go. Now I know I've heard I've heard it preached that that he hardened his own heart, but no, God hardened his heart, and and would not would not let them go. And so thereby, you know. He finally gave in a little bit, and he said, and I'm just going over it. He said, I'll let, you, I'll let the, each time he would not let them go, there was a plague was brought up on Israel, and, and Pharaoh and Israel, the people. And uh, there was one time when Pharaoh said, and this is going right back to this morning, there's one time when Pharaoh said, uh, I'll let the grown-ups go, but the children stay here. And Moses told him, says, no, said the children worship with us. And um, I know Brother Ed and I used to have this thing. Brother Ed, Brother Ed couldn't stand a nursery. Uh, he couldn't stand a children's church. And I, I don't see anything wrong with a nursery, but I don't like children's church either. But uh, it was a um, time when... Back here is when they said we will not we will not go we will not leave unless our children can go with us to go worship. So finally, it got down to the final uh, plague that's brought up on them. That's when the death of the firstborn, and when they woke up that morning and all the firstborn in every house of Egypt was dead, then Pharaoh let them go, and so. Um, so this is a parable of, the, of that. This is a parable of that time when, when he let them go and, and what it means to us today. The snare was broken when the children of Israel went into the Red Sea on dry land. When the Lord, when the Egyptians came after them, the dry land disappeared for God dropped the walls of the water and drowned a whole host of Egyptians. That's when the snare was broken. Right there. I mean, even though... He told them they could go. They still chased after them. And when they got to the Red Sea, God broke the snare, and they went free uh, as they crossed over the Red Sea on dry land, and the Egyptians drowned uh, in, the, uh, in the Red Sea. There were was, there was several times in the Scriptures when God made a way of escape for his people. One in particular was when they escaped from the captivity of Babylon. You know, God God made a way for them to get out of that captivity. And each time you see it through the Scriptures, there are several ways in the Scriptures, several times you see God made a way for them to get away. You know, and we think sometimes that we can't get out of our troubles. Well, let me tell you, folks, if you look to God, trust God, He'll give you a way to get out of them. I promise you He will. He will give you a way to get out of them. You know, you don't you don't need to uh, uh, have anxiety attacks and, and 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 go crazy. God will take you out of them. 
He'll take you out of those problems and those things. He did it to, he did it several times to, uh, uh, to, for Israel. And, and let me tell you folks, you know, this day and time, and I'm going to say this because I'm going to be preaching on it a little later in this message. But you know, uh, sometimes we put ourselves in the snare. And we're going to talk about that a little later on. Sometimes we put ourselves in the snare and then we expect God to release us out of it. But sometimes he'll make us stay there until he gets out of us what he wants out of us as far as, uh, as far as, uh, what he, he is concerned. Now, this is a type. This is a type of God breaking the snare and like birds from the snare of the fowler, who is the old devil, the, the picture the snare of the fowler here. The, the the old devil is the fowler here. This is this is where uh, is what the Bible is referring to when it talks about the fowler, fowler of the old devil. The old devil is the fowler, and he's the one that has them uh, uh, whole. And and he also and 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 from the bondage of sin. That uh, I'm sorry. Let me get this. Let me get back here. Um, one in particular is when they escape. From the captivity of Babylon. This is a type of God breaking the snare. And like birds from up on, uh, from the snare of the fowler, which is the old devil, and from the bondage that sin had upon the whole human race. You know, right now, you know, whether we like it or not, sin has a hold of us. Sin, sin puts, puts us in bondage every day that we live. It's sin, you know. If if we could go without sinning, then we would certainly be free, but we can't. We can't and we don't because sin is still present in this world. Sin is still here, and sin has a bondage, not over not only over the lost, but it has bound the saved like, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment, uh, get get the points of this, this message through. <clears throat> Look, uh, I'm sorry, but but praise be unto the Lord that he broke the snare that we were compelled by the calling of the Lord to flee from the broken snare. He calls on us and he gets us out of it. He got me out of that snare. I was in that snare. He took me out of it. You were in that snare. If you're saved, he took you out of it. And and he freed you from that. He freed you from sin. You, all you got to do is go read the, old, the New Testament. It'll, it'll, it'll tell us, teach you how God frees from sin. We must come to know that the devil has many snares. And he takes good care of them. He takes good care of them. So that when one steps into, into them, that they will keep them at bay. You know... Uh, if you've ever tried to trap anything, I've, uh, um, I used to set rabbit traps. I mean, that, that's what we ate. And, and I used to, I build rabbit traps. You, you build a box and, and you build a trigger and put on there and, and down inside the snare, you, you stick an apple on the end of a sharp stick. And, and when the rabbit would go in there to eat on the apple, the door would close, and and you caught him. And we we I used to build them. Me and Clarence Pelfrey, boy, we used to build them, and and we sell them and to people. 
and, and they would go out and they would trap rabbits. And we, but we did it because that's what we ate. I mean, if we trapped a rabbit, mom expected us to clean that rabbit and have it ready for her to fix, uh, to eat. So the devil has many snares. He has, he has a, he has a world of snares out there and he watches every snare and makes sure if, if, if I didn't watch those boxes, if I didn't watch those boxes, they would, something would jar them and knock them off. And they, they, the apple, piece of apple would still be in there. The, the, the stick, the trigger would still be in there, but the door would be shut. Well, the devil makes sure that his snares works. He doesn't, he doesn't go away from them. He keeps a watch on them and he keeps them, uh, uh under uh, good maintenance all the time so that they will work. Uh, when, when the times come. Now his aim, his aim is to capture and never let go. That's the Satan's aim. Satan's aim is to capture. Now you young people think about this. Satan's aim is to capture, but then you'll say, well, I'll get out of it to never let go. That's his aim. He, he, he never, he's never had the aim to capture and then let go after a little while. His aim is to capture and never let go. We must remember the devil and all his angels, both human and fallen, are ever busy plying their cunning and often enslaving tactics, seeking to snare the unknown soul. They're always there. They're always there. To th- he, he, he can make things look all right to the human mind. You know, it, it looks okay. Uh, I had someone say to me this time of year, they say, well, what's wrong with, said, well, don't you think God would like it if we celebrated the birth of his son? He may, he makes things look like, you know, like we're, we're, we're stupid if we don't fall into it. And, and, and that's what people do. They fall into it. He, he makes it, makes it look all right in our mind. He, he is out there. Yes, he's out there and he's out there today and he's seeking to snare everyone who, who comes his way. He knows your habits. He knows the places you go. He knows what you do and he's not Santa Claus, but is waiting to ensnare you. You know, was, they sing that song, you know, better be good. You bet it's whatever it is, you know, cause Santa's coming tonight, something like that. Well, he's not Santa Claus. You know, he knows, he knows about you. He knows when you've been good or bad. He, he know, he knows what you've done. He knows what you do. He knows what your movements are. He's got, he's got millions, billions and billions of, 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 of demons out there that are working every day. Just to watch you. Just to see what you're going to do. How do you think Satan knew about Job? When Satan went to the Lord and said, I know Job. So what about Job? I know Job. Said, do you think that he serves you because he loves you or did he just serving you for naught? Serving you because you're giving him something. Well, Satan knew all about Job. He knew, he knew all Job was a righteous man. He was a man that lived to, to serve the Lord. He, he went every day 
and he he all he had he gave offerings up for his family, and and he and and he went to the altar every day and 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 gave offerings for his old whole family. Satan knew that. Satan knew all those things. He knew he knew everything about Job. He knew everything about Job, and he, and and when God said, "Yeah, you can." Satan said, well, how can I? You've got him hedged in. He knew that Job was hedged in. You'll say, how can he? Well, he knows that you may have eternal security. He, he knows that some way he's got to get in there and some way he's got to cripple God's children. And I'm going to show you in just a, just, just a minute or so here what it is. He knows. He's waiting to ensnare you. It was the Apostle Paul who told young Timothy, this only scripture we'll be going to, and that's in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy and um, and, and the um, second chapter and the 24th verse. Here's what Paul told young Timothy. Now I want you to understand he's talking about saved people here. Paul's, Paul's not talking about lost people. I want you to get this. He's talking about saved people. I want you to understand this. 24th verse of 2 Timothy 2. He says, And the servant of the Lord, talking about the preacher, the pastor, or whatever, he's talking as a servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Instructing those that oppose themselves. You know, do you realize sometimes you oppose yourself? And that's what Satan wants you to do. Sometimes you oppose yourselves. If God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You get yourself, you, you, it's okay, you go ahead and you do some of the things you do, but you're putting yourself in danger. And let me tell you, what did I, what did I say earlier? He captures to never let go. He captures with the intention that he's never going to let go. So the only way you're going to get out of that snare is what Paul's, what Paul told Timothy in the 26th verse, that they may recover themselves 25th verse he says in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth then they get out of it but until they do the devil has got them he's going to keep them just as long as he can you'll say does he have my children you don't know you don't know what's going through those little heads. You don't know what, you know, uh, uh, kids turn 18 years old and, and boy, parents say, well, they're on their own. You can't, you can't control them anymore. You, you can't tell them what to do and what not to do. You don't know what they're doing. You know what they're getting themselves into. And once the devil ensnares them, he's going to keep them until, if they're saved, they come to the acknowledgement of repentance 
and turning back to God and turning their, their lives back to God taking care of them. That's what Timothy told Paul. He said, in other words, Paul or, or Timothy, what Paul told Timothy, in other words, Timothy, you can't get them out of it. Only God can get them out of it. And he's only going to get them out of it when they acknowledge their sin and repent of it. Then he'll get them out of it. You think, you think maybe you can whip them, beat them? You can't do that. You can't do an 18-year-old like that, a 20, 19, 20-year-old. 20 you just have to trust that, that they're not going to get into those snares. They're not going to get snared up, but they do. They still get into them. We must remember that every unsaved soul, and there are a great number out there, are caught, not by the power of the Lord, but by the power of sin. They are caught within, they're caught by sin. They just can't give it up. They can't stop it. They just go on and on. You'll say, how do you know? Because I was in that shape one time until the Lord gave me repentance of my sins and saved my soul. Until the Lord gave me, until the Lord gave me repentance. Lord has to give you repentance or you'll never repent. Repentance is something that God withheld from Esau. God would not let Esau repent of his sins. You'll say, well, now I wonder why. Well, Esau wasn't one of God's elect children. He knew he wasn't. If, if anything, Esau was a protege of the devil himself. And he knew that. As I preached here some time back, Judas tried to repent. God wouldn't let him repent either. He, he even took the 30 pieces of silver back and threw them at the feet of the people. They said, we don't want that back. He tried to repent of his sin, but he couldn't do it. Let me tell you, folks, the only way that you can get out of it, if you're saved here today, you're going to have to confess your sins and pray that God will give you repentance of them, that you'll turn away from them. That's what repentance is, is turn away from your sins. And you'll pray that God will give you that repentance. So it's, it's the power of sin that holds us. Love of the world and the things that are in the world is a deadly sin and causes many to fall into the snare of the devil. When the devil has you, he's got you. And he's not going to, he has no intention of letting you go. No intentions whatsoever. You know, you can do everything in the world. You can take money away. Somebody can take money away from you. That's not going to stop you. You know, you, and, 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 and I know for a fact that if you, if you want something to get into, it's there. It's there if you want to get into it. There are many snares out there. They are the, they are the fear of man, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those are the snares that are out there. Let me say those again. The fear of man, the snare, the, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These grip as firm as a fettered iron upon us. They grip as firm as if somebody tied you up, your hands and all with, with iron. You, if you'll remember that old dives there in the cemetery, 
They tied, they fettered him with iron and he broke them. That's, that's, that's what sin had on them. They fettered him with iron. They tried, they tried to stop him. They couldn't stop him. Only God can do it. Only God can, only God can take that away from you and, and put you, keep you on the right track that you should be on. The soul of man is what is captive to the devil. Our life and even our spirits are caught in the snare coils of sin. You know, sin is a terrible thing. If you're saved today but not living as you should, then you too are a wonderful prey for the snare of the devil. Remember, the great apostle Paul spoke to Timothy concerning saved men and women. And when he told, when he told Timothy, he said, you, 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 you teach, preach it to them, teach them. They must repent. If they must repent, if they're going to get, if they're going to get out of the problem, the trouble that they're in, they must repent. We must know Christ came to destroy the works of the devil and to give deliverance to the captives. He can and, and for the saved who are backslidden and out of fellowship with the Lord, they must stop for a few seconds and see that sin has an, attra- an attractive power does not have an attractive power over them anymore. For then and then only will the snare be broken and the sinner can flee from the power of the devil. God's got to do it, folks. Not me. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, people tell me about somebody that's that's tied up in the sin. I can, I can sit here and name all people I know right now. Supposedly Christian people who are tied up in the sin. You say, well, how many people knows it? Not too many. Because there's many times, many times people will come to me, tell me something, they'll say, don't you tell nobody else. Don't you dare tell nobody else. Let me tell you, the only way you can get out of it is by the power of God through repentance and acknowledging your sin and acknowledging the truth about yourself. You know that you're you're tied up in it. All all of you know as well as I do when you get into when you get into uh, drugs. You know until you have a until you realize what they're doing to you, you'll never get out of them. Until you realize what they're doing to you, you have to acknowledge that they're doing something to you. You can't help someone don't want any help. That's why Paul told Timothy in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. He says back in the 24th verse, And a servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. You know, we've just got to wait. We've just got to wait and, and see what God's going to do. You know, you Armenians think that they can, they can pray it out of them. Armenians think they can lay hands on them and pray it out of them, or they can bring them up to, to an altar and they kneel down and they can lay hands on pray it out. You can't pray it out of them. Who was it was telling us? I can't remember who it was. Brother Sam was telling us about, you. was you telling about, yeah, you were telling about someone that tried to bring somebody back to life. You were telling, he was telling Brother Samaru about it when we were going to, I think when we were going, coming back from, from Savannah, I believe it was. Yeah. And was telling about telling about someone that uh, happened to be following a, 
uh, Paul Jackson and uh, uh, John Paul, I believe. Yeah. And that he, that his wife died. I believe it was your brother, wasn't it? Yeah. The brother's wife died. And this evangelist that they were following tried to bring her back to life. It didn't work. She was just as dead when he started as she was when he ended. Or just as dead when she ended as she was when he started. But what about that man that took that, took that uh, a great number he, uh, to Alabama years and years ago? Some of you may not remember it. I know some of you young people never heard it. But this man was somewhere down in southeast Georgia... And he, he took a group of people to Alabama and he charged them to go and he was going to raise somebody up from the dead. And he did that. They paid him money. They paid him money to go. That's years ago. How many, any of you remember that? Yeah. They paid him money to go. And they went with him, bunches of them. Went with him, and he went over in Alabama, and this this girl had died, and he was going to lay hands on her, bring her back to life. I mean, he had a crowd of people joined around, and he stood there. He prayed over that. He prayed over that dead girl for a day and a night. He would tell the people, "It's not time yet. It's not time yet. It's not quite time yet. Just wait. Just wait." Just wait. Well, after about a day and a half of praying, the people realized he had no power. Well, that's the same way it is when you get yourself latched up in the snare of the devil. There's no way out of it except by God's power and bringing you out of it. Oh, God's going to raise the dead, but not yet. He did raise some. He raised some at the uh, when Jesus was... Uh, uh, when Jesus died, there were some that was raised. You know, I don't understand all of it, but I know it, it did happen. That there were some raised up. But someday, someday, God's going to raise us up. If we die before the rapture, God's going to raise us up and he's going to bring us back to life. He's the only one can do it. Like I've always said, you know, all a dead man can do stink. He can't do anything else. He can't do he can't do anything but stink. It's no use in telling a dead man to pray a sin a sinner's prayer because he can't do it. There's no such thing as a sinner's prayer. A dead man can't do it. Dead man can't pray. He or he can talk, but he can't pray. We must know that Christ came to destroy the devil and to give deliverance to the captives. We must know that. <clears throat> we must know that. I got just a little bit more. The Lord told the sinning church at Laodicea, that sinning church, yeah, churches can be sinning churches. That was a sinning church. I hope and pray Landmark Baptist Church never becomes a sinning church. But these are sinning churches. 
The Lord told the Cine church at Laodicea, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20. That's not talking about the door of the heart. All these Armenians will tell you he's standing at your heart's door and he's knocking. I've even seen pictures of Jesus supposedly knocking on the heart's door. No, that's, that's talking about the church. That's talking about a sinning church. That the Lord said if you'll just recognize and see that, that you need me, that you need me to be in your midst, you need me to work uh, in, in your midst, then he says I will work and I, I will if you'll come and sup with me, I'll sup with you. The Lord says, I'll take care of it. But as long as you ignore that, I mean, as long as you've got church members that ignore coming to church, don't think it's that important, then it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that. You know, missing the Lord's service is a terrible sin. It is. It's a terrible sin. You might say, well, oh, I, it, I don't know, Brother Paul, what you're talking about. It's a terrible sin. It's the only sin in the Bible that it gives. It gives a uh, of what's going to happen if a person sins that particular sin. It's the only sin in the Bible. Forsaking assembling themselves together. It's the only sin in the Bible. Some of you act like you ever heard that before, but I know you have. Turn with me to turn with me to uh, Hebrews, tenth chapter. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. The 24th verse. Now listen to this. I'm going to be closing. I'm getting close to closing time, so listen. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Do we do that? No, we don't. We should be on the telephone calling those people that don't come. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be he be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the son of God and have counted the blood of his covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace that's a scary thing folks and folks don't take that serious anymore they don't take that serious anymore. I, I, you watch them. If I, don't, if, if I want to plan something, don't go to church tomorrow, it's okay. That's the reason it blessed my heart, these young boys that, that came in so they could go to revival services. Let me tell you, folks, it's a terrible sin. I, I don't know. You know, you might say, well, you're just an idiot. An old idiot, and, and I am. I am. That's what exactly what I am. It's like I told them men I drank coffee with. They talked about. They talked about. They said I was stupid for not for not uh, celebrating 
Christmas. I said, you're right, I am stupid. I said, you got that right. I said, I'm just too stupid to do it. Let me tell you, folks, just how just how a freed bird from the snare of the fowler will sing a new song as it soars in the air. How soon will a sinner sing as he has escaped from the bondage of sin? Why can't we sing about that all the time? The lady in Kentucky that listens, she listens to every message that's preached here. She's been listening to Brother Samaru. And she she made a request. She said, Why don't y'all don't y'all have singing? Why don't you take the singing? She said, I love to hear good singing. Let me tell you folks, you ought to be singing every day that God has freed you from the snare of the devil. He's freed you from it, and don't be so stupid as to jump right back into it. Don't be so stupid. Don't be so stupid to send your kids out there and let them jump into it. Just because you don't want to tell them the truth about the Word of God. You don't want to tell them what the truth of the Word of God is. That they're to live godly lives. That they're, that they're, they're, they're not to get with these crowds and this bunch, you know, that's partying. That's all that happens. I know because Man sitting right back there in that corner, right back there in the back. Little bald head fella. When he was going to Georgia Southern, he made a statement. Y'all don't forget these things, brother. He made a statement. He said, All that is is a partying place. You made that, do you remember making that statement? <laughs> you did. When him and Shelley was going over to Georgia Southern, he said, all that is a partying place. Man, that, that was 100 years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> He's 51 years old now. He said, all that is a party. What do you think it is now? What do you think that is now? I wouldn't send one of my kids off nothing like that for nothing in the world. All right, let's, let's stand and, and let's go into our